On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we break down the Packers' official 53-man roster. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. And with that, let's go Pack. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Game what week, up, Pete? Game week, game week. Yeah, you know it. We are officially into the 2020 season. We have our roster. We are now days away from seeing said roster on the field. If you had to sum up your feeling of this roster as a whole, what would it be? Pretty like underwhelming. 2019. <laughs> it feels like last year. Yeah. That's deja vu. Uh, I'm nervous. I, I think as fans, we're looking at the gaps on the roster. Um, we still got plenty of studs and stars to work with. Uh, but uh, we'll talk on the Vikings preview. I'm a little nervous about what uh, a running game can do against us still. But we'll let's work through the roster since that's the fresh news alert here. Yeah, we'll do it the same way we did it last year. We'll go position by position, although, frankly, it's <laughs> it's quite similar to what it was last year. <laughs> uh, the quarterback room, I think, was the easiest possible position in this whole team. Mm -hmm. Rodgers, Boyle, Love. Uh, I know a week and a half ago I was actually really angry at this Love situation. It kind of resurfaced again the fact that we have used one of these roster positions on a guy that for all intents and purposes will not touch the field for the next two, possibly three years. And again, that's nothing against Jordan Love, because I actually think he's the perfect player in this situation. He's humble. He's quiet. He's going to be a sponge. He definitely is raw in terms of talent. But I think looking at this roster, how it played out, I don't know necessarily who would have made it otherwise that didn't quite get to the practice squad that he kind of stole a position for there was nobody that I felt like, oh, my God, we lost this because of love. But pretty straightforward. It seems like Rogers is is the go to Boyle will obviously be the backup. And Jordan Love will attempt to roll out of the pocket and practice and somehow get the ball into the net. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good sign that the guy you traded up for in the first round is behind Tim Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, if it wasn't COVID situation, you know, I think we might be a little bit more upset. And like you said, there wasn't a lot of depth talent on our team or anybody that, you know, was that last guy that we thought might be a diamond the, in the rough. The, the trade off on that, though, is instead of heading Jordan Love as your third quarterback, you got Justin Jefferson as your third receiver. That's the trade off and, we're looking at. Uh, yeah. Don't, so, why did you have to bring it up? Here's what I want to say. I hope this is the last time we talk about Jordan Love until next offseason. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. So running backs. <laughs> 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 the quarterback position is what it is. Like every other NFL team, if your starter goes down, you're not making the playoffs. Uh, running backs, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams stays on the team. That's a, a cut or trade that I had been calling that I was wrong on. No drama there. Uh, A.J. Dillon and then Tyler Irvin as our fourth 
running back. Let me repeat that. Tyler Irvin as our fourth running back. I keep seeing all these trolls on the Internet saying, well, Tyler (laughs) Irvin is your sixth wide receiver. He's practically a wide receiver at this point. Just because you line up a running back at wide receiver does not make him a wide receiver. We've seen plenty of guys, uh, one by the name of Ty Montgomery, make the change in the other direction. There, uh, you know, name one guy, guys, that has spent a couple years in the NFL, makes a position switch and is successful. This this guy's a running back that can flex out to receiver. He's not a true wide receiver. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. This this is my I think this is our deepest uh, position group, though, on our team. Um, I would be comfortable with three out of the four starting. Um, and then Tyler Irvin is a great gadget back and is also great on special teams. I mean, he turned around our special teams unit last year with, with the return average. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see all these guys. I hope they're all healthy all year. So they all get a little dose of action um, and we can use them to the best of their abilities instead of having to force somebody to do something they're not the best at. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love this running back crew. Can't wait to see him. Don't take it for granted fans. No, it's a fun group. They all have hands. They all have speed. They seem to be healthier than ever before. And the, the, what I'm looking at is kind of what we discussed in the preseason of if Jamal Williams puts together some nice film in-game action, I wonder if we start dangling him as a him plus a third rounder for uh, some interior D-line help or mm-hmm. secondary mm-hmm. depth or whatever the case may be. I, 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 I think that this group is the antithesis of just three-dimensional. Like we got guys coming out of the backfield to catch, to run, to be trade bait. I mean, they're doing everything. Uh, I love all four of these guys and really, really, really excited to see what they can do this year. I think the nicest part too is we're able to stash Dexter Williams after cutting him uh, on the practice squad. So that guy can sit and take another year to learn because uh, as Josh just mentioned, don't take these guys for granted. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams entering the final year of the contract. Uh, Dexter could be, you know, our number two next year, theoretically. And I, I hope he's not, but just throwing that out there, that room could look completely different next year. So having four weapons is exciting and I cannot wait for AJ Dillon's first run. I hope it's in the fourth quarter up 10 to just pound the ball and drain the clock. Yeah. All right. Then the wide receivers that we got coming back this year, we got Devonte Adams, Alan Lazard, MBS, EQ, and the new guy, Malik Taylor. Um, not much has changed here. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, I'm a little disappointed. We didn't add at least another guy, um, that could possibly take a starting role. Um, obviously we did have one guy drop out. We won't bring him up cause he's not playing this year. Uh, and that's there super was, depressing. There was a surprise in this group though with Kumaro. I mean, letting Kumaro go, I, I'm honestly not surprised. I mean, he, he barely saw the field. When he did see the field, he's blocking. I mean, he what what did what was his totals, Ryan? You brought him up yesterday. He has, in his career, 20 catches for 322 yards mm. with yeah, two touchdowns. It, exactly. Mm. So, like, and the, the one touchdown is the highlight that they show for everything. Yeah. Like, it's well, that play all the time. You're like, oh, my God, look at Kumaro. It's like you, you are replaying the same play over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Janis, like we gave Jeff Janis more crap than Jake Kumaro, and he actually had better stats. So, I mean. Packer fans love their try-hard white receiver that's sixth on the depth chart. It's just, it's like our, our affinity with a fullback. 
Yeah, the fullback. <laughs> yeah, even on special teams, he's got a tally of four total tackles, and he's 28 years old. So uh, Malik Taylor, not Malik Turner, Malik Taylor. Good luck trying to remember those two. Hopefully now that Turner's gone, we don't get him confused anymore. But I, I looked him up. I did some diving into it. Um, his contract, he's $610,000 on his contract. He's 6'2", 214. Uh, he's just 24 years old, so he's four years younger. He had a 4'5", 40-yard dash, 36-inch vertical. Impressive athlete. You know, hopefully we just see him on special teams. Hopefully we don't have to talk about him much outside of, uh, you know, just making some tackles as a punt gunner. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's interesting to look at this wide receiver crew because other than maybe, well, obviously Adams, Lazard, it's a whole lot of who's playing well and who's going to do what they need to do. So whether it's EQ, whether it's MVS, and then we're looking at still keeping Reggie, still keeping uh, Foster yeah. now has been added to the practice squad. That I look at those guys plus Malik and I go, here are dudes that have speed and can just run. And I hope as the season goes on, one of them catches fire enough to be just a really, really good deep threat. So yeah. I, I think this is an interesting group overall. That, you're totally right. That, and that's all we need on the other side. We need a deep threat on the other side to stretch that safety over top so Devontae Adams can work his magic. So as long as somebody's doing that and they're getting at least a couple catches a game, it, it'll help out the overall stretching out the defense. So that you're totally right. And let's see what it actually looks like. But Roger said MVS has set a new standard for himself in the last week and a half of practice. So uh, let's not count out the guys we have quite yet. You know, in true training camp fashion, you're always talking about the sixth guy on the depth chart. Uh, but the top four are going to be the guys making plays. So yep. l- let's just hope, you know, like Ryan said, our number three receiver, Alan Lazard, our number three receiver, MBS, and our number three receiver, Equinemia St. Brown. <laughs> 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 but, you know, Bagleton and Shepard on the practice squad, again, we got some guys that we can call up as needed that, you know, could make some plays for us. We're not relying on them to be a number three, but maybe they can make some plays for us. I would, I would not be surprised to see them if, if it does not start out well. I would not be surprised if they brought up somebody and pushed somebody else down. I, I wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Our tight end group uh, is is pretty much the same. Mercedes Lewis, the the old man in the locker room, coming back. Tanyan Sternberger and Josiah, who will be in the backfield uh, just as much as he is up on the line. Again, I would hope that we see more breakout from Tanyan. I would hope Jace makes that step to be that athletic tight end that we didn't really get quite to see last year because of injuries, and especially injuries early in the season. Both those guys have breakout potential uh, that is widespread for this offense. But tight ends, solid group that I I hope block well, and I hope catch mm-hmm. and, and kind of spread this offense from kind of like uh, that line position. Here's here's the question I pose to you guys and and to the listeners on the first play from scrimmage. How many tight ends are on the field and which ones? Three. Lewis, Tanya and Sternberger. I got a feeling it's going to be heavy tight ends, at least two. Wouldn't you be shocked if we just come out with one tight end? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's a minimum of two, like every play. And where that second one is, whether he's in the backfield, like I that's. I can't believe this is such a big 10 country thing of guys, where's our tight end going to be this play? <laughs> such a Midwest well, thought, but I love the fact that like 
Jace and Tanya, and I think could go in the backfield too. Like I actually love the fact that these mm-hmm. pieces that for Packers are never really in play. Like we've not, it's been a while since we've had tight ends that we felt confident. So I'd rather have this group that just mixes and mashes and just ends up anywhere on the field. I'm, I'm totally excited about it. It's the same way at the running back group. Do I think they're the greatest group in the world? Eh, but I think that they're so different and they can do so many different things that they actually could be very deadly when it gets going. The only worry I have is that Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback in his history with the tight ends. I I think they have put together a great, you know, little crew of tight ends that do so many different things. But will Aaron Rodgers utilize them to their fullest potential? And we haven't seen him do that in the past. So hopefully he's learning. Hopefully, you know, he's working with LaFleur on, you know, called plays instead of always reading the defense. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting what, what, what happens. This, this is the position group that gets me most excited to see what LaFleur's offense could look like. Yep. Because, you know, we talk about his creativity and scheming guys open and running these counter actions that confuse a guy in, the, in you know, confuse the defense because you set him up in the first quarter to hit a home run play in the third quarter. This is the position group that makes that happen. And LaFleur has got his guys now. So let's see what he can do with them. So moving to the offensive line, uh, we'll roll through this one fairly quickly. Goodbye, Alex Light. Uh, Bye-bye. I heard heard on a rival Packer podcast they were kind of surprised and let down that Alex Light was gone. Like, do you watch football? I heard that too. Have you watched this guy try to block a defender? Because him against Yannick Ngakwe in game one was going to be scary as heck. So goodbye. But anyways, the guys that did make it. Uh, the standards, you got Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, and Rick Wagner. And then your your three more backup guys, Lucas Patrick, Yash Nijman, and John Runyon, the rookie. So the, the other rookies did not make it. Jake Hansen uh, to the practice squad. And then on the reserve list is Simon Stepaniak, who's been injured for most of the preseason, still recovering uh, from an offseason injury, or from last year, I should say. So, guys, what do you think about this offensive line? Um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm, happy. I'm worried. I'm worried about the right side. Just run um, left, baby. Just run left. Yeah. I'm worried about the pass blocking on the right side. I, I you know, yep. I think we'll be all right running right. I don't think we'll be all right passing for, you know, and pass coverage on the right side. So I, I think that's why we'll have a lot of tight ends on the field. I think they're going to have to help out a little bit on that right side. Um, to this get is where done. This is where we should bring up that that news that the Vikings between this podcast and our last signed Yannick Ngakwe and don't forget Daniil Hunter, even though Everson Griffin's gone. Uh, I don't like the odds of either one of those guys stacked against the right side of our offensive line right now. I don't care how good Lane Taylor looked in pass blocking in training camp. Supposedly he was like 15 and one. That's training camp. You're about to go against some pro bowlers. Uh, Just run left, baby. Yeah, I was a little nervous that we were going to when Jake Hansen didn't fully make the roster. But then, I mean, Light and Hansen are still on the squad. They're on the practice squad. They're still safe. Uh, this other than uh, maybe three of those guys that were mentioned, I think it's just going to be a lot of interchanging. Um, and that's, I think, kind of the overall <laughs> landscape other than knock on wood quarterback that everybody on offense is going to do a whole lot of shifting and there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of similarities where I wouldn't be surprised that if you look at we're into week 13 or 14 and we've had a different setup for 12 of the 13 weeks. Like it's just, it is what it is. Ooh, and I just hope not be good. 
Yeah. No, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's huge changes that maybe there's a quick line change or, you know, tight ends do something different. I, I don't think you'll necessarily be wildly dramatic, but these guys are going to definitely be uh, playing around a little bit at different places on the line. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't realize Alex Light uh, made the practice squad. So premature sayonara on that one, I guess. Well, it's still siren. I hope he never <laughs> gets back on our on our game yeah. day squad. No offense to him. He's so personally. disappointed when he listens to this episode. I know. Sorry, well, Alex. You know what? That's why we're not. <laughs> Sorry, a, that's why we're not affiliated with the Green Bay Packers. We I'm sure you're a great dude. Him. I'm sure you are. But this is perfect. I, I actually get to lead off into the defense then here. here and start with go. the defensive line, which I think is our worst position group by far. I am so worried. I'm so mad at the front office for not doing something in the offseason to address the issue that we had all year was giving up rushing yards in the center of this defense. And yes, I mean, we have Kenny Clark. He's amazing. I'm glad we have him long term, but we don't even have anything that's even 50 percent of Kenny Clark. You know, I mean, our next best is Dean Lowry. I mean, solid guy, but that's Lowry a guy you want season is solid. Yeah, you want him coming off the bench. You don't want him starting. Um, so, but but the guys okay that made it. Let me let me list the guys that made it, and then we'll talk about. It. We got Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Kinsley Kiki, which I'm interested in, Tyler Lancaster, and Montrevious Adams. I mean, t- tell me what you guys think. It, I think all you're harsh on Lowry. Yeah, like, we're I don't think this. he's that bad. Lowry's a starter. We're, we're all on the same side that this position group is the worst on the roster. Kiki, we have to be interested in because he's the only unknown here. Montrevious Adams finished training camp pretty hurt, um, banged up, not practicing as far as I'm aware. The, you know, the guy I think we are going to miss, though, is number 99. If if his nickname is not Beef, Beef Wellington Prevalent. I just feel like he's from the old Shire. Every time I see his name, I just think Beef Wellington. So I wish he would have made the team just for fun there. Trayvon Hester uh, was was – I think he could have made a run for the roster, but he was hurt the entire training camp. So this position group just is what it is. We've got a pro bowler, a starter, and three backups. I do think there are some people floating around the wire and and some free agency that are just big dudes that I, I, again, could picture it being we get run over by Minnesota, literally, um, and it's week three, and we just go, please just get a big body in here. Um, And I think we have the cap space that I wouldn't be surprised if it, it somebody gets put in this spot um, early in the season. That's why I'm surprised Adams even made the roster. I mean, there's nothing he has done to say that he's going to play and play a lot or do anything well. So why even keep him on the team? Go sign somebody else that might be energized and ready to do something for somebody. And I just don't get it. This is going to be a talking point the entire year, so we don't have to dive too far into it. But this is going yeah. to be the, you know, to Brian Gutekunst, you know, we can overlook the the draft you just had if the team on the field performs well. But if your wide receivers and your defensive line don't look three times better than last year, it, it was such a glaring need that you did not address. So, you know. All the lights are blinking red on this system. The alarms are about to go off. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, Delvin Cook and now Adrian Peterson's on the Lions. If these guys start just running through us, uh, yeah, we, we told you so, you know. So I mean, that that kind of tails into the inside linebackers because the guys behind them, I'm not sure we have all the faith in in the world either. So Christian Kirksey, we're excited to see him as the offseason pickup. 
Uh, Kamal Martin was supposedly going to be a day one starter as our second middle linebacker, but then went down with a knee. Uh, so short term IR or just, you know, uh, out for the first couple of weeks. We'll see how long he's truly out. I think I read like six to eight weeks. And then yeah. you, you got Oren Burks and Ty Summers, uh, two guys. I mean, Ty Summers was our preseason hero last year. Uh, Oren Burks, Josh, he's your crush being a Vanderbilt guy, but hasn't done anything other than special teams. Your second middle linebacker in run defense. Ugh. I mean, I mean, this is similar to last year too. I mean, we're we're depending on the one guy to stay healthy. Um, if he doesn't stay healthy, oh my uh, goodness, I we are in trouble. Getting hurt. Um, but Knock I mean, if wood. he's if he stays healthy, we normally only have one linebacker on the field, and then normally, you know, Raven Green or Redman or yeah. you know somebody else. So I'm I'm fine with this just because of how we play defense. But yeah, like you said, after Kirksey, we're I mean we're in trouble. I mean Kamal Martin, yeah, a little flash in the pan, uh, but mm-hmm. who, who knows if he actually has the football knowledge and can keep up, you know, for a whole season. So you know we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think you're yeah. onto something with the. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, I just think that it's it's I'm okay with our D line. I don't think it's the greatest, but I'm okay. But then you look at who's directly behind them. And that's where it's this red alarm going off that I'm going to bring it up again. Queen and Kirksey mm-hmm. looks a lot mm-hmm. differently in that middle. Um, but even when healthy, I, I mean, Martin Burks and Summers, this this group to me uh, is is we had issues last year and it it got better with Kirksey. I like him more. Uh, but man, who's around him? Oofta. I think you're onto something, Josh, that. I bet we see, based on the outside linebackers that we can talk about next, I bet we see maybe three outside backers with Sedarius kicking inside to leave just one middle linebacker and then five DBs on the field a lot more than we see the traditional two middle linebackers, two outside backers. Yep, yep, totally. And let's jump right into those. This group, oh, baby, Smith, Smith, Gary, Ramsey, and Garvin, and and Ramsey and Garvin – have been kind of the talk and hype train uh, city, but these five, if they click and if it works out, could be an absolutely dangerous mm-hmm. unit. Who's not yeah. excited about this position group? Yeah, I mean, easily the two best players on our team are in this position group. So, I mean, and wait, I what? think... Wait, wait, the two best players on our team? Oh, I think easily Zadarius and Preston. Yeah, Gary and... oh. Sorry. You think you think Preston is better than Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd put him up there. I'd put him up there. from, okay, from, from the play from last year. But State your point, sir. <laughs> anyways, especially on defense. Anyways, I think what they're doing with Ramsey and Garvin is is pretty. I hope it works out because they're getting guys that sort of play like Smith and Smith and they're getting them to teach them their ways. You know, they're very athletic guys. I watched some film on both of them from college. Um, good pass rushers, you know, but they, they need some work. So I'm, I'm interested to see what we can do with them and what we can teach them um, and how they grow because they're definitely going to get some playing time. Yeah, I hope they don't. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I hope they get a chance. I feel like some listeners just dropped off the way uh, Josh just said Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams are worse players than Preston Smith. But the, the top three here are going to get a ton of PT. I hope you mix in. Uh, a Garvin or a Ramsey the way we mixed in Rashawn Gary last year, give them five to 10 snaps a game between the two of them. 
Um, it, it's a great position group. It, stay healthy. This is they're just gonna be wrecking havoc all year. It's gonna be so much fun to watch. And and they were able to keep some backups on the practice squad with Tipanilei Galei, however you say his last name, and uh, Greg Roberts, the guy we went to high school with. Hey, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna defend why they're the best two on the team. Not only are they great on the field, but they are great in the locker room. What these two did to our team last year, and how they brought positivity to the defense that was struggling mightily. Um, I yeah. mean, it it it's amazing what these two have done to us. And team. and Zadarius brought weed to the team too. So hey. you gotta respect that. Shout out to Zadarius for that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not poo-pooing the ability of Preston Smith, but he is not better than Devontae Adams at their respective positions. Anyways, yeah. that's our outside <laughs> linebacker group. I'm excited about the pressure we can we can create this year. And hopefully, sure. it, hopefully it helps keep our corners in some press man coverage, You know, create pressure and be able to jump some routes quick. Because we face a quarterback in week one that sure likes throwing us the ball. Yeah, so that will lead us right into our corner group, which I love also. Uh, we got Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, Josh, Josh Jackson, uh, Kadar Holman, and the weirdo Cabino Into. Broken foot. Oh, is it Cabion Into? Sorry, my bad. Broken foot, so we won't see him early. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like what he, I like what he could possibly bring, but um, but the top three—that's what we, you know, everybody's going to be looking at: Alexander King and Sullivan. What what can these three do? How can they improve from last year? Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'll call out the Stanford Samuels we were able to keep on the practice squad too, which is good for development sense. Uh, I I don't like Josh Jackson. We talked about this in the last pod. You know, the latest quote from Mike Pettin was that Josh Jackson is going to get a lot of playing time with us and. Oh, that concerns me. I feel like him yeah. and the number 37 even is like, that's Sam Shields, man. You can't wear that number until you can get on the field for us. But, you know, I'm wondering if we see Kadar Holman before Josh Jackson still. You know, every every quote we're getting is that Jackson's made a, a nice uptick and can contribute this year. But I wonder if that's just training camp talk. Well, and is he on a short leash? Does he – one mistake, is he done? I mean, like, it, it'll be interesting. But I, I yeah, do I think just, we got two top corners, and Chana Sullivan had a great back half of the year, so seeing him in the slot is nice. Uh, four and five are, are good enough. I, I'm good with this position. Yeah, Sullivan is definitely a top five breakout candidate, um, and he showed some absolute flashes last year, where, which he got kind of excited. And we'll see how far up the ladder Kevin King and Jair can go. Uh, it was interesting with this group, uh, with Deshaun Amos being cut, that it it had flashbacks of like eight years ago when there is the Adrian Peterson uh, of the Vikings, Adrian Peterson of the Bears, and people would throw it in to drafts for fantasy, and somebody would spend 15 bucks on the wrong uh, Adrian Peterson. The I saw a handful of people going, Amos, no, how? How is that possible? How are we cutting him? And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. We 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 can sift these people out from our fan base because it doesn't even have the first initial. No. <laughs> But That's you look at the other side of the secondary, the the actual Amos that matters, yeah, yeah. Darnell Savage, Raven Green, Will Redman, and Vernon Scott. Made the roster. Seventh-round pick, right? I mean, that that's always a, a props to your scouting department when your seventh-round pick actually makes the team. That, that's that's diving deep down your list. So. <laughs> Yep, he he made it because he worked his ass off on special teams, and he he's a, he can play anything really in the secondary. So, 
um, one of those versatile players that they really like. So it'll be interesting. I, I doubt hey, he sees the field. And also, both of our seventh round picks made it because Scott and Garvin. Garvin, oh, yeah. right, yeah. And Scott's going to be rocking that Nick Collins number 36. So I'm glad we kept five safeties. It, it felt skinny at four. You know, it, it felt like there wasn't enough depth there. So hopefully they saw what they needed to see from Vernon Scott as actually playing safety. But like you said, Josh, hopefully that's just a, a really nice special teams contributor. Yep, this, yep. Savage Savage needs to make that year two jump. Remember last year there were so many plays that we said he's showing all the potential in the world. He'll make that play next year. He'll make that play next year. So it's time. It's it's time to make that play. Yeah, and like you said, it's smart that they kept five just because the inside linebacker, like we were talking about before, we're we're a little light on talent. So you know, using Raven Green and Will Redman in that role ish, you know, when they're guarding tight ends and running backs, um, will will help out cover up that weakness a little bit. So I, I love this group. Can't wait to see Amos and Savage in their second year together. I think you're going to see a lot of special things with how they communicate. A year two working together. So I uh, can't wait. Mm-hmm. And then we had the three specialists, Mason Crosby, J.K. Scott, and Hunter Bradley, the long snapper. So do we even need to go through – you guys go ahead and we can just count to three and say it at once. The least favorite position group on the roster, I think we covered that, right? <laughs> Quarterback. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, special teams. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think we should say, you know, call out that there are a couple changes to the way the active roster and the practice squad works. So as we announce all these guys that made the practice squad, um, it got bumped up to 16 guys this year. And you're actually allowed four guys per week that can have any number of accrued seasons. So you're going to see possibly and probably uh, some quote unquote veterans get knocked down to the practice squad as needed. You know, and I put that in air quotes because I it'll be interesting to see how they use those positions. But you'll get 16 guys on the practice squad and you're you're even allowed to dress more guys than normal on the active roster on game day. So normally you're only allowed 46 out of your 53 man roster under the new CBA. You can dress 47. And then what's really interesting is as long as you have eight offensive linemen, you get a 48th player. Do you guys understand the reasoning? Because I don't like most teams have eight offensive linemen dressed, so they're like, eh, bonus player for you. Radio silence. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Oh, shoot, I was on mute. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't I, make yeah. sense why uh, eight linemen, you'd get an extra player. I mean. I, yeah, it's, I think it's rare to go into a game with just two backup linemen dressed. So you get 48 active players this year, you know, as long as you got a standard amount of offensive linemen and you get a 16 man practice squad that allows some flexibility to come on and off uh, for not just rookies or guys that haven't accrued, you know, a full season. Uh, so there's a lot of intricacies within there instead of going through all the different rules. I think I'd just call out the highlights. Um, that'll that'll help. And hopefully it goes beyond covid. I think for a while now, the NFL's needed to expand their active roster. There's there's no oh, yeah. reason in a professional league that you should be, you know, running slim on guys when you're in a, this billion dollar business and you actually have more guys. You're just not allowed to dress them, it, especially on offensive line and like running back. You know, the people that are getting pounded every single play, like you need people that know your offense to come in and be able to run it. Otherwise, it's just like hopefully this guy blocks the right guy, you know, it, that's why I think they need to expand it even further. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a good start, though, yeah. 
So that will do it for this episode. We are going to be dropping uh, somewhere around Thursday, Friday, a brand new game week, game week, game preview against yeah. uh, a fan base who we did not make happy this week um, in the Minnesota Vikings, but should be very, very interesting. Yeah, check it out on Twitter if you haven't seen it. <laughs> so with that, thanks everybody. Go pack, go. Oh!